Carlsbad, People, Purpose, and Impact, an essential podcast for those who live, work, visit, and play in Carlsbad. Good morning and welcome, everyone. My name is Brett Schonsenbach. I'm the president and CEO of the Carlsbad Chamber of Commerce, and I am your host this morning. And today I'm excited to have with me Kim Wakefield. Kim is a Spanish teacher at Carlsbad High School. Good morning, Kim. Good morning. Buenos dias. Buenos dias. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here. Great to have you. And I was uh, looking into some of your your bio and background a little bit and uh, saw some interesting tidbits in there that I thought would be fun to kind of set the stage here. Um, you grew up in Southern California in Riverside, mm-hmm. but your parents started you off with this international flavor right off the bat. They were, they lived in both Germany and Japan before you were even born? Exactly. Yeah. So, so you had the international vibe in your blood. Absolutely. I grew up... Um, eating all kinds of interesting things as well. We, we would actually have skiaki on the table for dinner. My parents would make it up, and I, I grew up knowing about sushi. I grew up in Riverside, so um, they also had a Sendai festival for the sister city of Japan. My mother made sure we went to that. I had a great appreciation as a child uh, for other cultures, and my dad uh, was a big, big hunter. He so he had all of these different images from Germany where he would actually go out and hunt. And he was wow. part of a gun club there. So we, I grew up with images of forest animals. And, nice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. And before you ended up landing here in our fair city of Carlsbad, you had some international stops as well. Oslo, Norway for six years with mm-hmm. your husband. Yeah. He, uh, where our son was born there. Yeah, and he was working at the U.S. Embassy there. Yes, yeah. Well, that must have been a fun time. It was. It was really interesting to be um, on diplomatic status and representing your country. And, you know, everyone who travels represents our country. Sure. So um, it was an official capacity, but I tell my students, everywhere you go, there you may be the first American someone else meets. So make sure it's a good impression. And be open to other cultures and the way people do things. Just enjoy the differences. Oh, that's wonderful. I love that. I hadn't heard anybody say that, but that's a really good point. So you went to um, college in Riverside, but then you got your master's at Santa Barbara. Is that right? Uh, well, I, I went to high school in Riverside, but oh. I, I actually, and then I, I went to a community college in Riverside, RCC, oh. and I transferred to UCLA got and it. then got my bachelor's degree in Spanish and linguistics. And you've been teaching Spanish now for 25 years? Yes, at Carlsbad. More than that, actually. Okay. Yeah, because I I actually taught in um, Virginia, and I've taught in Washington State. And then I landed here with my husband when he retired 25 years ago. We wanted to come back to California, where we were both from. Uh, Yeah, teaching Spanish on, uh, like, people ask. (laughs) They say, oh, so you're a Spanish teacher? I say, yeah, on a good day. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what's on a bad day? Yeah, right, (laughs) on a bad day. (laughs) On a bad day, I think I'm teaching manners. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Very interesting. Well, we're going to dig into those those things here in just a second. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to delve into all the wonderful um, experiences that you've had culturally, internationally, and in the classroom. We'll be right back. So before we go any farther, I do want to tell our audience, in case they don't know, that you were our 
CBAD High School Teacher of the Year in 2022. Congratulations. Thank you. That was really an, an honor and a great surprise to me. Well, and very deserving. As the part of doing our CBAD awards, you know, we always get to kind of sneak into the classroom for the teachers, <laughs> that is, you know, because obviously there's businesses, but for the teachers, we sneak into the classrooms and take some snippets of video and shots. And it was really fun to go in there and see your class. I love, uh, you know, your walls, of course, are floor to ceiling, wall to wall, cultural experiences, uh, especially Spanish. And uh, it, it, tell us about setting that environment. I love art to start with. So I'm very visually motivated, if you will. And there are a lot of things that I use as kind of instruction. So places I've been, mm -hmm. I have posters of those. Things that we're going to talk about in the class, I try to have visuals for them. Um, and then, of course, I have to have Frida. She was my master's project. Mm -hmm. So I have several self-portraits mm -hmm. of Frida around the classroom. Mm -hmm. And of course, Diego has to be represented <laughs> as her husband. And then Pablo Picasso. I mean, you can't teach Spanish without talking about uh, <laughs> his um, artistic talents. And so um, there is actually a, uh, one of the chapters that I do with my three honors classes, where each kid is assigned. They actually choose a famous uh, Hispanic author, poet, or artist, and then they re uh, research that person and give visuals and put it all into a slide presentation that is shared with the class. So the class gets this overview of Latin American and Spanish um, culture. I love that. I mean, because obviously you're teaching a language, but you're actually teaching much more than just a language. I really try. I really hope that I am teaching how to approach another culture in a very open way. Right now, we're talking about different cultural ways to greet and to act around others. And the fact that when someone walks into a room in Hispanic society, everyone is supposed to stand up and mm. greet them. Uh, the fact that um, you may get a kiss on a cheek or two cheeks or three times, it depends on which country you're in. So don't be surprised when someone approaches you, just turn the other cheek as it were. <laughs> and then, you know, the idea that, that men will hug each other if they're fam family or friends, but they shake hands if they're just uh, acquaintances, right. that kind of thing. So you can pick up on the subtleties that are going on around you. Oh, I love that. And tell us about some of the places. I was, again, in your bio, I think I saw that you spent time in Spain and Mexico, <laughs> Costa Rica. You even lived in Guadalajara for a little bit. Where are some of the places yeah, you've oh, been? Wow. Okay. So I was living with a family in Guadalajara and, and attending uh, courses for the summer at the University of Guadalajara. Ah. That was a wonderful experience because during the, the morning I was at school and then in the afternoon I had full reign of the nice. of the city. So I would um, take tours out to, I mean, tours as in I would just go with my friend and we'd take a bus to Tlaquepaque or to Tonalá, which are in the outskirts and they're very artistic colonies. Mm. And, you know, investigating all of the different beautiful historic buildings. Um, the cathedral in Guadalajara is a gem. But then going to Costa Rica and finding out that their, their theater, the Colón, is the third place in the world to have ever gotten electric lighting. Oh, wow. Yes. Would not have thought of that. No, <laughs> never would have occurred to me. It was actually paid for and financed by the coffee growers. Ah. Yeah. So the first one, I guess, was in Paris. The second one was New York. And then the Teatro Colón in Costa Rica. In, wow. Yeah, San Jose. Industry. Industry yeah. and yeah. innovation always exactly. go together. That's wonderful. <laughs> That's so great. But you have not restricted your travels just to, 
you know, the Latin parts of the world. It sounds like you've been throughout Asia as well. Well, um, I, I took one tour, fortunately, to Asia that incorporated several different countries. So that's the one and only time I've been. And now I have this real desire to go back and explore more of it. I've always wanted to see Japan. So that was the focal point. And then um, I wanted to fit in Thailand um, because I love the king and I. And yeah, so I, yeah, I was sure. raised on that and I wanted to see it for myself. And then uh, we went to Hong Kong because, of course, mm. we've heard a lot about Hong Kong. And I, um, I was actually building this trip around a wedding it was actually a wedding vow renewal that was taking place in Cambodia, in Siem wow. Reap. So there was, my cousin was going and she said, hey, I had always told her, I said, hey, you know where I'd really like to go is Angkor Wat, which is kind of off the map and for some people. And she looked at me strangely. And then the next year she said, do you want to go to Angkor Wat? Because <laughs> I have some friends who are going to be doing their wedding renewal vows in Siem Reap. Wow. I said, I'm in. So we built this trip around that. That's wonderful. I know none of us really want to spend too much time dwelling on the COVID experience, but I know it was challenging in the teaching world for you doing language. How did Ooh. that, yeah, how was that experience? Um, I, I'll tell you honestly, I have never worked harder as mm. a, an instructor than I did when COVID hit. I had to really pivot. Mm. There was a lot of technology that I had not used. I didn't know anything about. There were platforms that I didn't even know existed. And it, it was a steep learning curve. So when we shut down that first three months of the pandemic in yeah. March of 2020, um, it was just basically pushing out stuff that I already had because we weren't even instructed to have live courses. It was right. just push out this work, have an um, hour or so, you know, like office hours so kids could join the meet and then ask you questions about the work and so on and so forth. Fortunately, we had Google Classroom at the time. So I could also send private messages to students as they were turning in work. But I mean, I, I, private messages to 150 or 160 oh people every time you're trying to give feedback on an assignment. I was up until two o'clock in the morning, wow. looking over stuff, preparing stuff, getting things lined up so that it was in a chronological or a, or a logical order for them to follow mm. because they had to do it from home. Oh my gosh. And that was the first three months. Yeah. Then we get into the next year where now you have live meets and you have to push out this stuff. Uh, so I, I'm creating all kinds of slide decks that have all of these links to them yeah. and, and different kinds of, oh, Lordy. It was so challenging. And then, of course, I, I chose to go to work every day. So I was in my classroom going live, you know, all day long with my classes um, because that's my zone. And sure. I had all this stuff around me that would hopefully be, it was all behind me, but I, I tried to make it, you know, some people have those virtual um, right. backgrounds, but I, I actually had all of my flags and my different cultural items and things behind me so that sure. people could actually see at least something of what I was talking about. And then I basically just danced, put music on, did all kinds of things and said, hey guys, I mean, I Turn your cameras on. Um, let's let's start talking in the chats. So mm. I was asking students, you know, hey, so and so, I haven't heard from you. Let's let's put something in the chat. Let me hear you. Um, and basically trying to engage them this way. And yeah. 
fortunately, they were willing. They were, okay, uh, this is what she wants to do. And uh, I had several students afterwards say, you know, I really felt like I connected with my my colleagues or with my my fellow students this way because we yeah. could actually see what other people were writing. We could generate a conversation even if it was uh, just a brief like un, unclick, unmute and say something and then someone else could give an answer, et cetera. It was, uh, yeah. Uh, it was it was a challenge for everybody, but yeah. um, we tried to make the best of it. And I think, all in all, the students progressed. They felt like they were learning, and that to me was the most important thing. They felt yeah. engaged in most cases. Now there were the students who turned off their mics and their cameras and walked away. Sure, and you had no control. And no control. You had no because control. there was no yeah. there was no oversight on the other end. Right. Yeah. And so. And, and and understandably, I mean, you can't watch four kids, even if you're the one at home, or maybe you have to be one of those first right. responders, um, you know, at, who sure. has to be gone yeah. from the house. And you're hoping that your child is actually old enough to be responsible enough to log in and stay connected and so on. But I get it as a teenager, as a, as a, a middle school student, as a grade school student, how interesting is it to just sit and stare at a screen for yeah, an hour and a half? Not very. Ugh. Yeah. Well, oh, and it man. sounds like you worked so hard to I did. I make tried it to more it. than just a, yeah. Yep. Which is why I think our listening audience can appreciate why you were <laughs> named <laughs> our Seabad uh, High School Teacher of the Year last year, well, which is wonderful. But um, uh, all that being said, uh, you shared off mic, and hopefully this isn't bad for us to share, but the, <laughs> you've decided you're you're going to retire at the end of this year. I am. This yes. is the end of a wonderful uh, career of teaching. And it's been a great ride. Yeah. <laughs> and I have a very important question. What's the first trip after retirement? Well, um, you might not be surprised to know it's Peru, ah, Ecuador, and the Galapagos Islands. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to Peru before. I absolutely loved it. But I've never been to Ecuador, and I've wanted to see that and the Galapagos. And so, actually, that was my husband's idea. He, I came home from work one day, and he is there with a friend of ours, mutual friend, um, who was – she actually was a former Marine. She's now a police officer in the greater L.A. area, and um, she's a Spanish speaker as well. And he said, I – I've been thinking as a as a gift for your retirement, I'd like to send you with Gina to uh, Peru, Galapagos, and, and Ecuador. And I said, oh, I'm in. And uh, of course, Gina was sitting there like puts in boots with those big eyes, yeah. like, please, please, please. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's the first one. That'll be in August. And mm. then after that, we've got Uzbekistan yes. scheduled for the fall. I remember Lee talking <laughs> about that. So you... It sounds like you'll have plenty to keep you um, occupied and engaged uh, as you yes. go into that next phase of life. More um, discovery, yes. Yes, more discovery. That's a great way to put it. Um, we, we can't ever stop discovering, mm -mm. right? Never stop learning. Life, lifelong learners and, and keep growing. Well, on behalf of the Carlsbad community, thank you for your years of service oh, and, so <laughs> and uh, of passing on your passion and your enthusiasm for culture and language and for the world. And um, you'll be missed in the classroom, but you'll still be you'll still be here, right? You'll be Carl's Batian. I'll be around. Yes, I'll be around. Wonderful. <laughs> well, thanks for taking the time to come join us this morning. Oh, it was a delight. Thanks so much, Brett. Thanks for joining us on our Carlsbad People, Purpose, and Impact podcast today. If you enjoyed it, please hit the follow button on wherever you get your audio. And please tell a friend. 
We would love to hear your feedback, which you can share at carlsbadpodcast.com. You can leave us a review, ask a question, or leave an audio comment, which we can play on the show in the future. And that's all we have for today. Can't wait to see you next time on Carlsbad People, Purpose, and Impact. And remember, share some kindness today. It's free, creates goodwill, and makes you feel great.